Welcome to the Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus, joined by Ray Roberts, Paul Moyer, and Brian Walters. The Seahawks fall to the 49ers 28-16. to A little scuffle at the end of the game. Uh, not the way you want to go out. You don't want to lose, period. But don't want to lose like that. Drew Locke was 22 of 31 for 269. Two touchdowns and two interceptions in his first start as a Seattle Seahawks. He had Zach Charbonnet carried the ball nine times for 44 yards. Kenneth Walker... 8 for 21. Tyler Lockett had 6 catches for 89 yards, no touchdowns. DK Metcalf, 2 receptions for 52 yards defensively. Julian Love led all tacklers for the Seahawks with 7. He also had a pass defended and a forced fumble. Quandre Diggs had 6 for 13. When you look at the team stats, the Seattle Seahawks had 324 yards total. The San Francisco 49ers had 527. The Niners averaged 10 yards per play. The Hawks 5.9 per play. Uh, we got lots to break down. We'll tell you what this loss means for the Seattle Seahawks. We'll bring the guys in for analysis, and uh, we'll get interviews from players as they step up to the podium and in the locker room. When we come back, we'll talk to Steve Ray with the voice of the Seahawks. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks fall to the 49ers 28 to 16 in Santa Clara. Uh, let's bring in the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. Rabes, I'm watching this game, and uh, there were times where you felt like this team was in the game, and uh, the offense took their time uh, uh, making you believe, and then the defense took their time making you believe as well. Uh, but it ended poorly. Uh, the scuffle at the end of the game is uh, not a way that you want to go out. But uh, nonetheless, 28 to 16, and Drew Locke got his very first start for the Seattle Seahawks. What did you make of his performance? Well, I thought Drew played pretty well, actually. He threw a couple of picks, uh, forced the ball a couple of times. But, you know, that's going to happen with a guy that hasn't played really any appreciable time in uh, the last several years, last couple of years, the first start uh, going back to, what, uh, 2021. And so it, it was it was at times a little bit difficult for him, and he threw into coverage, and, and luckily there were only a couple of picks. But he threw the ball well enough. I mean, what we did coming in, the game plan was going to be you got to run against these guys. We started out running a little bit as well. And, you know, that first drive, again, we, we did a really good job getting on the board, tying the Niners after they exploded on the first play of the game and, and scored on the second play. And then just couldn't sustain. It, it, it appears as though the Niners, as many teams do, make the adjustments that are necessary. And you start taking people away. You're not going to let DK Metcalf run down the field and score touchdowns on you. So you cover him up. And now you got to find the other guys. And, and sometimes finding that next receiver might have been a bit of an issue for Drew at times. But I thought overall he, he played well enough for this team to win. Unfortunately, the defense, I don't know, we just could not get off the field and gave up literally a half a mile, it seems. When I'm looking at the numbers here, McCaffrey 145 rushing. Samuel 149 receiving, Ayuk 126 receiving. I mean, those are just stratospheric numbers against your defense, and a lot of them are yards after the catch. You you got to fix that, or I don't care how many points you store, it's, score, it's going to be difficult. Raves, um, when you play the best, you kind of use it as a measuring stick, right? All right, how good are the Niners really, and how good is your football team? There's obviously some things that the Hawks need to work on, but um, when they show up back at VMAC, man, what, what's the? if you were the head coach, what's the first thing you're saying to this team? Well, first of all, I'm saying I'm glad we don't have to see the 49ers anymore this season unless <laughs> we find a way to win out from here out and can make it into the playoffs and then if you play the Niners down here in the playoffs it's like last year you come down and you play them and who knows what happens then everything changes in the playoffs 
But I, I think what you do is you just you, you say, okay, we're done with them. And, and that's a good thing. And now you turn your attention to the, to the Eagles. You figure out what you did not do right, what weren't you able to do. And I think what the 49ers offer that so many teams don't are the, the number of weapons that Brock Purdy can throw to, that can toss the ball, that can run, all of those things. I mean, you, you look at the Eagles. They don't have all of the weapons, certainly, that the Niners do. It's, it's just an incredibly well-built football team. And so... I think ultimately you have to go back and say, okay, we, we do the best we can fixing what we can fix. Let's hope in another week, if Geno's not ready to play, that Drew will have one more week under his belt, and that'll be a good thing. And then every guy has to be accountable to his teammates for what happened today out here on the field, both offensively and defensively. Hey, Raves, I know you're calling the game. You don't have the, uh, the, all the views that we get of that scuffle towards the end of the game, uh, but what did you make of the whole situation? Well, again, you're right. We didn't have all the views of it, and I'm trying to watch what's going on specifically on the field, and then all of a sudden this kind of catches my peripheral vision. But it appeared what started it was a, a, a bit of a shoving match with uh, Fred Warner and, and DK. And uh, and uh, one of my, I think it was Brian O'Connell, the producer, who told me that DK, there was somebody who had a cheap shot on him and don't know who that was. But then that's when it started, and DK sort of pushed Fred. Then the pushing started, and then uh, Lenore comes out of nowhere, and he cold cocks Bobo, and then he uh, hits somebody else. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember who it was, but he took a couple of shots at people, and that, that definitely deserved being thrown out. I don't know about DK. I didn't see all of that part. But, you know, usually those things are, are you know, stopped pretty quickly. That one kind of lingered for a little bit, and I think so much of that was frustration on all parts. Offense, Seahawks offense that was out on the field, Seahawks defense that came out onto the field. It's, there was a lot to be frustrated about, trust me. Yeah, um, I think uh, the end of the game kind of just exemplifies exactly where this team is mentally, especially after losing four in a row for the first time in, uh, in Pete Carroll's career. Man, what, what, do you, what do you know about Pete? How, how do you expect him to bounce back from this? I, you know, what I know about Pete is that um, it doesn't matter what happened. After today, it doesn't, well, and tell the truth Monday, and it's going to be a tough tell the truth Monday, trust me. Uh, but then it's not going to matter. It, it's always about getting ready for the next one. And until somebody tells you that the season is over and you're not playing anymore, that's the way Pete is going to be. And he's going to find a way to message these guys and get them believing that, okay, our season starts right now, and we win out from here, starting with the Eagles on Monday night, where we always play very well, Monday night football. Let's go get it done, and then just churn through those last three, and then if there's enough wins there when all is said and done, then we worry about the playoffs then. But, uh, again, getting guys, you know, there's a lot of young guys on this team, getting them to, again, continue to believe that there's always time in the season, just like there's always an opportunity to win as long as there are not all zeros on the clock. Pete does that very well, and I know that's going to be his message. But first things first, figure out what's going on. Why can't we fix some of these things defensively, and what do you have to do to do that? All right, Rays, we appreciate your time as always, man. Uh, get home safely to your bride. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Bump, I shall. Thank you, partner. All right. More to do when we come back. We're going to bring the guys into this conversation. Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moore. The Seahawks fall to the San Francisco 49ers, 28-16. 
Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer, Brian Walters, and Ray Roberts. The Seahawks fall to the 49ers, 28 to 16. It was a tough one. Beginning of the game, the uh, the Niners came out swinging. Man, you got McCaffrey with a 72 yard gain. A, a player or two later, they score, and we're wondering how are the Seahawks going to respond? And they actually do respond. They go eight plays, 75 yards, and tie the game up. But there were moments during this game where you felt like. The offense was given opportunities to win it, and it felt like the defense were uh, had some opportunities to kind of shut this team down and give the ball back to the Seahawks. They so just weren't able to do it, man. And that's kind of been the uh, the identity of the last three or four games with this team. It's just when one side does their job, the other side really can come through. But uh, I just want to get your initial reactions to what we saw, everything with, with, with the DK situation at the end of the game, with Drew Locke going out there and having himself a decent game. Uh, what are your, your thoughts, your feelings, your concerns? This is our therapy session, Big Ray. <laughs> Holla at me, man. Yeah, so, you know, what I take from this game is that the team just isn't good enough to have to overcome some of the flaws that they have within the game. Like when you look at them on paper, they have all the talent on offense. They have some talent on defense. You know, a, a defense that should be able to be, um, you know, uh, should be able to play better than it's played. But if you look at the missed tackles, look at uh, some of the lack of pressure that they had, uh, maybe whether the coverages were blown or not, but the big, all, I mean, Paul couldn't count on his hands and feet how many big plays they had. Uh, and then on offense, man, they have to almost play a perfect game. They have to always be a front, in front of the chains. They can't have negative plays, whether they're negative uh, you know, uh, tackles or penalties or what have you, and you cannot turn the ball over. And that makes it really hard to win. And so it's like, you know, you know at some point it's like, I don't know who if, if there's anyone to fault or whatever. That's just where the – where the program is right now, that they have to play damn near perfect on both sides of the ball to give themselves a chance to win. And that's what it felt like today, even though it seemed like there were times where they were kind of getting back into it. But you're like, man, like one little missed tackle or one tip pass or one penalty made, made a, a five-point lead feel like a 18-point lead. I think the most disappointing thing for me um, over the last two weeks has been the way the offense has finished games. Um, when you look at like the last three drives of each game, the last two weeks, you know you're you're zero for three on fourth down last week to finish the game. So that's three turnover on downs to finish. And then this week, two interceptions and then a punt. So you're just when when it's when it's crunch time and, and you're in this game and it's time to to get after it. You're you're faltering. You know you're giving the ball up. You're not making the the quick play. So you know zero and five over the last three weeks on fourth down. You know, that's something that needs to be fixed because, you know, those fourth downs, those, those are big, obviously. And it's hurt the Seahawks the last um, couple of weeks. You know, not so much, obviously, today. It, I don't think it really mattered that much, but it's just a, it's a problem that, you, you know, you need a game plan a little bit for for fourth downs. But, you know, two for 11 on third down. Um, it's, again, not going to get the job done. We've seen it kind of all year except for for last week. Um, but the positive note, I mean, you hung tough with all this stuff. You did hang tough with the Niners for most of that game. You know, you were in it. You were you were you were down fourteen ten at halftime, and, and you have the ball, and, and you're you're just poised. You're setting yourself up for that big play that that'll put you over the top. And that's the thing. We're just we're just not quite there, and not getting that one play we really need to to get you over the edge. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit with Ray. Look, we're just we're not good enough. You know, the 49ers are elite. I mean, they, to me, are, I think, kind of hands down the best team in the league physically, uh, just the way they, they make plays. And so, Ray, how many uh, big plays? Well, if you go and look at their top 10 plays, 
all their all top of their top ten plays were twenty yards or more mm-hmm. for three hundred and sixty five yards. Mm-hmm. Ten plays, three hundred sixty five yards. We had I, I, I don't know if I've seen this before. There were nineteen plays of over twenty yards. We had nine of them for two hundred and thirty six yards. The longest drive San Francisco had today was seven plays. You know, so you've got a two play seventy five yard or five play eighty three. Seven play seventy five, three play seventy five, and those were back to backers in the in the third in, into the fourth quarter. I just felt like we gave this game away for, to them, and not necessarily mistakes. Like, oh, I didn't know who I was on. Right. Just poorly played. Um, Pete's going to go nuts. I mean, you you don't let people get behind you on his defense, and the amount of people that got behind them. Some of it, maybe we're just not as good athletes as as they are. Continually tackling with our shoulder. Right. That, that this has got to end. Let it's me hop in there. Uh, uh, we got Pete at the podium now. Uh, we came in here, uh, off the left right to go play these guys, and uh, we just got big play by their guys on offense. Uh, too many times uh, to win the game today. Uh, there was just um, a bunch of explosive plays doing the things that they do. There's nothing new, nothing new. There's stuff that they did. They executed really well. Made some great throws when the guys were open down the field. Pretty nice job of that. But uh, just too many explosive plays to, to hold these guys in, in check. And, um, and got to give them a lot of credit. They're, they're, they're a good club. And had we done those things, it would have been a much tighter football game than we had a chance. We were, we were uh, able to score. We were able to move the ball a little bit. Um, I thought Drew, Drew did an excellent job in this game. Um, as you can expect going into a game like this, you're going to come out after, you're going to say there's three or four plays or two or three plays that you wish wouldn't happen the way they did. Um, and you just hope that they didn't beat you in the game. And uh, But he, he did a lot of cool stuff. Um, and uh, came through for us to give us a chance. Um, so uh, we got banged up a little bit. Uh, Spoon got uh, bruised ribs. We don't know how extensive that is. Um, if he could have gone back in, he would. It was not a head injury. It was a rib injury. And, and Artie Burns uh, got banged a little bit. It should be okay. So we'll see. So we came out of it all right. Um, it's hard. It's hard uh, coming back. Uh, it's been too many weeks. Back in the home with losses, and uh, then a challenge. And it's a challenge for all of us. And here we go again. We're going against one of the best teams in the NFC uh, this next week. It just this is this is the challenge uh, portion of this season. We're going to see if we can make it through it. Uh, the fourth quarter of this season is still there for us to, to do something with it, and we'll see if we can. And uh, I, I believe these guys are going to bounce back and be ready to go again. And it's a Monday night on the, at home. And we've got to get ready and have a great week in preparation to do that and see if we can get a game. We've got to get back on track because this, this losing thing sucks. You said it was stuff that the 49ers had done already. Was this just a matter of... They're going to 70 yards, you know. They're, they're, that's their favorite play. So we've been practicing against it all you know, the whole time. That, that's what I mean by that. You know, and and uh, so there was nothing special that. They went deep on a deep crosser. You know, he's been doing that his whole career. You know, we saw it. We, we just didn't play it right. You know, we gave it to him. Kittle and short yard in a play action pass and they're heavy personnel, you know. He's been doing that his whole career. So there's nothing new about those things. We didn't execute well enough to stop the you know, those opportunities. Because they were that's, that's the stuff we practice and we didn't come through and make those players. How close was Gino to being able to play? 
Uh, he, he, he ran around a little bit and went through the ball, but he couldn't go. He, he couldn't go in one direction with any confidence. And, and if he could, he would have played for sure. I mean, he was absolutely of the mindset to go. And he, he came out early today and went through an extensive workout. He got a lot of stuff done under control, but he didn't have it. He, he, he didn't have the ability to push in one direction. And so that's classic for, for Ron. So it just wasn't the right thing to do. It's throwing out there, you know, under those circumstances. So he wasn't, he wasn't calling, he didn't call off, he made me call him off. You know, he was going to go. Did you comment on the I thought he did a great job. Right from the beginning, opening drive was, was you know, beautiful. Um, and that, that's a good, that's a really good sign for Drew. You know, it wasn't too, too big for him in any way. He wasn't too nervous. He wasn't jittery at all. He came right down the field and, and, and threw, a, threw a great ball to DK to, to get us in the end zone. And throughout, excuse me, and throughout, uh, I, his calm on the sidelines, his ability to communicate about what was going on and how to adjust and the things that were coming up in the next sequence and the next series, he was on it. He was a real pro about it. So uh, he did a really good job. What's the explanation? I don't know that. You know, I, it, it certainly helps us. You know, and that was part of the thinking. Of, I mean, he, he couldn't play today. He, he would, you know, he wanted to you know, go out there and slug it out, but uh, it was right to not play him. Um, but we'll just have to go day to day and see how he goes and see how much he comes back. It'll be like Spoon's injury, you know, those ribs, you know, you got to go day to day and see how, how he can respond to it. You know, we, we won't know. We won't know until all the way to game time, I'm sure. And the same thing with Gino. It's, you know, it's a jolt, you know. We get jolted by that. We, you know, it was... Even when it happened, it wasn't such a violent situation that, that happened. You know, you say, "Oh, you can see why he's hurt." You know, he, he just he tweaked his groin, and, you know, on taking a funky step after stumbling over a, a defensive player, and it just stumbled a little bit. You would never have thought that the guy could would get hurt there, but he hit it wrong. So um, the good part of it, it wasn't a violent, you know, whatever you know, incident. And so um, he'll he'll come back and he can throw, he can move around. He just can't move around the way he needs to to, to play this game. This is uncharted ground for you. You got that right. Um, what is the message to him and what buttons do you need to push him down? We have, we have to be in and click into the finish mode here, the fourth quarter of this season, and, and regain our stride and our mentality to, to execute the way we need to execute. We didn't execute right today. We gave them big plays, and certainly they had to throw and catch it, but they, those plays should not have happened to us. And so that's easily fixed. And uh, not everybody does it the way they do it. They, they just they played their game, their style. You saw how they featured their, their key players, and it worked out for them again. And, uh, and they, they've got a real good thing going. And, and uh, we, those are all things that we can stop. They were pretty, they shouldn't even have thrown those balls. They should have been back there, and they don't even throw those to somebody else and checks the ball down. Yeah, so that's stuff that we can, you know, we can certainly improve. Oh no, we we missed Spoon, Spoon would have made some tackles that we missed today. You know, he, he he's a ball player. He gets guys on the ground, and he, he's in the nickel spot. He'd be inside. He'd have made some of those plays. I mean, he's he's just really good at it. And so we did miss him without question. What was your view, I guess, of kind of the practice of Perkins at the end there? No, I, I saw DK get drilled in the back of the head on, on the play, and then so I, I didn't know what happened after that. But there, I, I don't know who he mixed it up with or made that hit even. I didn't see that. But uh, I guess it was number two that wanted to get, get tossed out also. And uh, so it's, it's just tensions, and, and uh, it's hard. It's a hard time now.
And these guys are fighting through and they're trying to figure it out. They're not, they're not willing to accept what's going on. And, and so they're going to fight and that, they, to some extent. That's what happened. And some of the young guys thought they should go out there and fight too. You know, they're, they're not totally in the wrong place at the wrong time. Jackson's deal and, and I'm pulling the AB out of, out of the, you know, out of it a couple different times. They're not sure yet if they're learning how to, you know, they want to be upstanding and they want to stand for, you know, for the toughness and competitiveness. So we got to, you know, we pick out what it fits and what it doesn't. So we're learning that and that's maybe part of the, it's the first time young guys ever get involved like that. But I thought three or four guys um, were out of whack a little bit. You know, trying to chest up with people and not knowing really is that what they should be doing. And uh, so we'll try to teach from them. Um, I didn't want the game to be decided right there. You know, give them give give them the ball in the forty yard line. It's a tough game, a tight game. I figure we'll kick the ball and and, and play defense and and, uh, and and play it like you know where you don't just give them the football at the forty something yard line. I mean, you're giving them that whole first half if you do that. So I'm always fine. Do you think It's, it's really easy for everybody to say you should just go for it, you know, because if you go for it, you make it, it's fine. But if you go for it, you don't make it, it's an issue. It's not if you make it, that's easy. Right? I think they did have to convert a fourth down or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's easy. When, and so that uh, the outlook has to understand, what, from my perspective, you got to understand what happens if you don't make it. And if something, somebody slips or whatever goes down or you don't make the block or whatever happens, they get the ball right there, it's first down, it's a turnover. That's a turnover. It's just like you threw them an interception right there. And what would happen if you threw them an interception right there? Well, you'd be on your heels and they would be gaining the momentum of the opportunity and all of that. So is it worth giving them a turnover to make that first down? No, in my opinion. And, you know, there's times I've gone for it in that situation. And more, if you believe in who you are and what you're all about, you should kick the football right there and let's go play some more ball. Even the execution of guys in the right place the right, you just need to finish it? Uh, we have to recognize them. They were almost like gifts in a sense because of the things that we practice and, and part of our, you know, our vernacular and, and here comes this route. When this route happens, we do this and we practice a dog out of that stuff and just didn't see it and react to it properly. We got bit up on a play fake on second and nine and these guys don't run the football in that situation and, and there goes Kittle. You know, that, that's it's bad ball you know, and we have to be better than that. So. It's happened before, and that's why people do play action passes, and they try to beat you deep uh, in, in, in running situations, and unfortunately, we didn't actually do that. I hope he was head walker today. He looked pretty darn good. I thought he looked phenomenal. I mean, his, his competitiveness and, and his getting after, um, it worked out. You know, the whole process of bringing him back and the way the guys prepped him and, and all of that worked out beautifully for him to be able to contribute in a huge way. This was a fantastic place today. I mean, and those were plays where he was torquing around, so he must be okay, you know, and that's all you can, you can say, and uh, you got to give him a lot of credit. That was a heck of a game for him to bounce back. The touchdown past the Parkinson, was that the play you guys got from the last year? Um, it's an old NFL play. It's been around for a long time. What was your message to the locker room? About finishing the scoreboard and, and, and continuing to be a Tyler had talked to these guys about how, how valuable and how important this can be. And picked up that I couldn't agree with him more. That's how you get this done. Anything else? Thank you. Here's Jeremy. All right, that was Pete Carroll, man, breaking it all down for us. And um, 
You know, you hear it in his tone. You hear it in his responses, right? There's some things that they work on that they saw, but uh, they just weren't able to execute it, uh, execute the the defense or or the play when they saw it. And that's frustrating. That has to be frustrating as a coach. When you're on the sideline, you're like, all right, we practiced this, but we're just not able to execute it. Yeah, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. After you watch a lot of their film, you go, yeah, they really don't do that much. They window dress a ton, but they run the same plays over and over. They just awesome at executing on it and so back to me so we we sit there and think about this game just don't let them beat you deep you know don't let things get over the top we know what's coming just make plays and and for us to to play the big play so poorly and let them get behind it you know pete said hey it's an easy fix well it's not an easy fix because you've been preaching it and preaching it and preaching it and they know what to do and they're not doing it that's that's a that's a much tougher fix. Want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close? Are you looking to watch all the early NFL games and see our pregame show live or play in the new gaming zone? Then Ticketmaster Tailgate and Lumenfield Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. Open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. Lots more to do when we get back. More analysis, more interviews as the players step up to the podium. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks lose to the 49ers 28-16. to I'm Michael Bumpus with the fellas, Big Ray. We got B-Weezy and Paul Moye. Let's talk about some of these numbers, fellas. 2-4-11 uh, on third downs. Man, you take two steps forward last week with the Dallas Cowboys, 9-14 for 14 on third downs. You take three steps back this week. You're 2-4-11 on third downs. You're also 0-1 on fourth downs. I think, uh, Walters, you, you pointed out something um at the end of the games, it seems like this offense isn't able to sustain some momentum or some rhythm that they show you in the first half and maybe even sometimes in the third quarter. Um, why is that? And, and what do you feel like needs to happen so they can finish these games strong when you get into situations like today? Well, first, you know, you don't abandon your game plan. I, I think, you you know, you got to continue to set up with the run and, and uh, not get past crazy and, and put yourself in these, these bad situations. Um, you know, it's a bad thing when I can remember every single third down conversion they had. And both of them were passes to Tyler Lockett. And that is the only third downs that they, they converted all day, which is uh, uh, kind of absurd to me. I mean, that's you can't remember a game when, when, you, when you can think back and just boom, there they are. The only two third downs and then 0 for 1 on fourth down. So I, I, I don't know. The, the, the offense has got to figure it out late in the game. The, the defense is making adjustments to these. I don't know if they're... Um, if they have these tendencies that, that they constantly go to and the, the defense has picked these up or, or not, but um, something's got to change there because you're not getting any yards, really. I mean, two interceptions on two of the three last drives today is, is, is no good. Let's hear what Julian Love has to say about the game. He's at the podium now. Yeah, you know, they were scheming up some scheming up some of the stuff we, we do. Um, but that's just, you know, that's a pillar of what we have to do on defense, which is play top down and just not allow explosives. And obviously we allow too many balls uh, over our heads. How do you kind of assess this game? Do you think what is coming back or what else do you think Yeah, it's, it's, like you said, it's a mixed bag. Um, we just have to play complementary football. Um, when we you know, get those takeaways, try to score, uh, and just you know just play top down and tackle. Uh, it's kind of a 
agreed to game. We played, you know, hard football. A lot of good plays were out there, um, but we just didn't string enough uh, good ones together for us. I think we've got to rally. I think we have to have a little perspective on, on everything and just loosen up and just play how we know how to play. We have the talent, you know, we all know that. Um, we have we have the scheme, we have everything we need, we just have to swing together. Um, we, you know, no teams are going to try to scheme up some of the stuff we do. And we just have to just be better. I think, uh, you know, like I said, we seem to be better. You guys were 5-2 and, and now you lost four in a row and all that. What sort of the mood, I guess, it was in right you know, you have two options right now. Um, you, you either, you know, fall victim to your circumstances, uh, or you, you rally right now. We have four more, I think, opportunities uh, for the end of this regular season, and we have to capture them. Uh, everything we can get is in front of us still, thankfully. Um, but that's the, you know, two ways to go. And so each person in that locker room needs to decide what they're going to do. Thank you. All right, that was Julian Love. Um, I think we're going to hear a lot of the same stuff, right? I think we're going to hear, oh, man, they had, had some good schemes out there. Um, we just need to play better. Uh, we have to make our plays when we have these opportunities. Games like this and, and stretches like this when you lose four games in a row, I think that's what you have to lean on as a player, honestly. You don't come up there and beat yourselves up. I think you do that internally. You do that in the locker room. You do that in the meeting rooms. Um, what, what are you hearing as these players step up to the podium, Big Ray? You know, like you said, you're going to hear the same stuff. And the, the hard thing is that you can't go change people. I mean, you have who you have. You know what I'm saying? But but then I fall back to, you know, Pete saying you know earlier that it's an easy fix. And then they have the Tell the Truth Monday. Well, they've had Tell the Truth Monday every single week. And at some point, uh, the people that are responsible for, for actually going out there and playing, you have to elevate your game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You have to – sometimes you have to outplay – the, you have to outplay the game plan. You have to outplay, you know, what what's expected of you. Uh, those types of things, and so that means that uh, if, if you're not tackling well, then you need to go tackle well. Like there's no more tell the truth about it. You know what the truth is. Now you have to go do it. You know, and so and it's not you know. And I still get down to this thing where uh, you know people like to think it's a game of momentum. It's a game of execution. Like Pete said, we knew what they were going to do. And they executed what they were going to do better than we executed how we were going to defend it. And then on the other side, um, uh, they executed what they wanted to do on defense better than we did what we wanted to do on offense. That's what it really comes down to, you know. And sometimes that's because they have better players. Sometimes it's because uh, they have a better scheme. Sometimes it's because the ball bounces the way it bounces. But in Four straight weeks, you've kind of had the same formula for losing, you know, since minus maybe offense on the Dallas game. But uh, but the tackling and some of the, the scheme, uh, that execution piece of it just keeps popping up. And so at some point, that has to be the truth of the matter, and that has to be the fix. Here's here's something that, looking at these drives, that, that's kind of crazy to me, is not a single drive for the Seahawks offense started from the 40 and beyond, like in Niners territory. I mean, they all were Seahawks 20, Seahawks 25, Seahawks 25. So every single drive they had to put together had to have been about 70, 75 yards to be able to score a touchdown. And they did that. They did that on one of the drives where they had three plays for 76 yards or whatever it was with the three explosives. So to put yourself in, 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 um, in, place in, in a spot where you can succeed you know you can't give yourself these these long fields and that that starts with big plays by the defense you know making sure they they push them back that starts with the punning game 
right? You know, making sure you're downing them inside the 10 yard line. So then when the defense does get that stop, uh, and the Niners are punting, you know, you're, you're getting the ball around midfield and you don't have, you have 20 yards and you can kick a field goal or, or if that. So it's just the little things like that. And that's just the importance of the field position game. Um, and, and why it's, you know, the, even the, like the punt game, like that's why that's uh, such a crucial part. So anyway, just just setting your offense up to succeed by the little things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, the last four games, we, we played the 49ers twice. They're, they're a better football team than we are. Um, that's just reality. They're, they're talented. We know it. You watch them defensively and it didn't look any different than I've seen. I mean, right. it, you know, look, it, having Geno there, maybe that helps us a little bit. Uh, you know, we're two for 11 on third down. You, you know, you can't do that. They're six for 11, 54% compared to 18%. You're not going to win that. But defensively, man, I just, I don't have an answer. I, I don't know if we have the players right now. And um, I don't know if they're banged up. I don't know if we're doing the right matchups. But we ain't going nowhere if we don't figure out this tackling thing mm-hmm. and how to play the deep ball and how to break on a quarterback. You know, just a, a really frustrating game. We did not make them work hard at all. So um, they they got some fixing. But I, I know what my point is. We, we've played them twice. I'll put that aside. They're, they're a better football team today mm-hmm. than we are. Eh, maybe not in four weeks. The other two games we had doubled, where we had an eight-point lead or more in both of those games and lost them. And if you have those back, mm-hmm. you look at this game and say, right, "We made a little progress." Next time we get them, and we just got to do these things a little better, and you, you feel better about yourself. But now you're, you're fighting for your life, and and it's you know we lose every tiebreaker imaginable. We're gonna have to run the table just to have a chance. The holidays are here, and the Pro Shop has everything you need to deck the halls and your closet. Shop all new holiday decorations, festive sweaters, and more. Huddle up for the holidays and make the Seahawks Pro Shop your one-stop shop this season. Visit the Seahawks Pro Shop at Lumenfield and the Landing or Renton, or Renton Landing, excuse me, or online now at Seahawks.com slash Pro Shop. All right, more players as they step into the podium. Analysis from the guys when we return. That is next to Seahawks fall to the Niners 28-16. Thanks, Curtis Rogers. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. Drew Locke was 22 or 31 for 269, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He's at the podium now. Yeah, um, it's something you always got to be ready for. Um, something that, you know, over the last year and a half hasn't happened too often. Gino's been, you know, sturdy as a rock, and that's just who he is as a player. And this this week, it just so happened that, you know, I was going to take a couple reps on Thursday and Friday and come out here and play football. Felt good to, man, it felt good to finally be back out there. I know the, uh, the result's not what we wanted, but it had been a, been a while since I had gone out there and done that, and it felt felt really good. Yeah, it was uh, that was awesome. That was an awesome feeling. Um, we just kept capitalizing on the uh, opportunities they gave us on that drive, and I thought DK made a heck of a catch on that play and got around, run around a little bit, running game. The guys were blocking great, and yeah, to go down, you know, after. You don't get the ball to start the start the game, and then they get seven. It's a big, big thing for us to go down and get points on that drive, and 
think for us to do that, the first drive, get a little confidence in the guys, I think that was big for us. Yeah, they started changing things up a bit. Um, I think with seven on the field, they were going to be more, you know, prone to playing a little more man against us. And then, sure enough, he goes out and they start playing a bunch of zones, a bunch of two high zones, and uh, clouding him a little bit, giving a little extra help. And I mean, that that's to be expected with that guy. And um, it definitely changed a little bit of what they were doing. Um, obviously, turnovers can't happen. Um, left that ball inside on the uh, long ball to DK. Put that to the sideline. Let him run underneath it. Could be a big play for us. Um, the last one just is what it is. Um, but you know, I thought I used my legs well. Thought I got the ball to a lot of different guys today. Spread it around. Made the big plays when they were there. Stay confident. Stay calm. Nothing, nothing threw me off the rocker today, and that, that that was, man, it was a blast being out there again. I'm trying not to, I'm trying to balance the feeling of, man, I just finally played again. How good that feels to go out and play, and then also, you know, also not getting getting it done. So it's, it's interesting, but you know, I, I did have fun with those guys out there. I thought they came out and played their butts off. The old line did a great job tonight. And when guys got the ball in their hands, man, they made plays. Yeah, I know when uh, we ran the ball in that second half, they were popping off big runs. Uh, that was big for us. We wanted to, you know, in the play-action game, kind of get play-action calls that attack the safeties a little bit more, knowing that they were going to probably cloud us and not give us the single-high looks that you know, we had prepared for a little bit. But um, it was easy. It was a quick switch. Shane did a great job tonight. I appreciate the way he called that game too, man. He let me do a lot of things that, you know, with the first guy coming out there playing in a long time, you can get a little get a little scared in the play calling, and he was not that way with me tonight, and I, I appreciate him for doing that. If you do end up starting next week against Philadelphia, what from this game will you take away, good or bad, that you can use in that game? That I can still play football. You know, I can still go out there and do it. It's been a long time before since I've started a game. Um, you know, I can confident in my legs, confident in the deep ball, confident in just dropping back and living in the pocket. It's just confident that I'm an NFL quarterback. I guess I could take that away and take that into the next week when, and if, if I do get the chance. The, the touchdown to, to, to Parkinson, is that something you guys have put in this week or is that a play you guys have had? Yeah, we've had it. We've tweaked it, changed it a little bit and um, brought it back this week. Um, it's a fan favorite in the locker room. We liked it this week and um, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Glad Colby got that one. I mean, I, I can think of two plays myself that I know I could have impacted us better on. One, the pick, and then our uh, first drive where we went two incompletions on first down, second down, coming right out of half, I think, or the second drive. Um, we could have had 10 explosive runs. That would have helped. But I know those two plays right now in my head, two completions were there for me on the field, didn't get to the right guy, and we could have converted those and got into a, got into a rhythm on a drive coming out of half. No, no, no. I just left it inside. Um, that was we had a guy running across, DK taking the top off. He gave us a single high look, corners outside, safety's in.
safety's in the middle, corner outside, put it over the corner's head to the sideline, didn't get it done. Left it inside, safety got it. So, was it, so I, I guess late in the weeks, so suddenly having to maybe prepare as a starter, right? I mean, is that any more of a challenge, or are you just kind of going to not necessarily. Um, like I said, I try to prepare every single week like I am the starter. Um, you know, maybe a little more work with, you know, Tyler and DK and Jax, throwing them a couple extra balls, um, working with the O-line on cadence a little more. It just the little small details, I guess, is the things that you got to add on to your plate to, towards the end where if you just get thrown into a game, it's, all right, I got to know what I'm doing. What are my plays? What am I doing? This week it was a little more of the little minor details of, you know, like I said, communicating with the O line, extra throws to Tyler and DK, just those things. You said you felt like Shane sort of kept things open for you. What, what do you mean by that? Um, I just know that you got a guy that hasn't started a game in a long time, come out with a couple runs, run, run, run. No, we came out, took some play action shots, the touchdown play action shot, let me drop back, let me run around. Um, I just appreciate him letting me go out and do the things that I'm really, really good at. How important is that for you? I mean, calling the plays yeah. to allow you to play. Yeah, it's huge. Um, when you hear those play calls come into the headset, like you said, it does give you confidence. All right, I'm, we're play-action shot right here. He trusts me to get the ball to the right place, check it down if it's not there, and um, it just does It does give you a lot of confidence. I was, like I said, I appreciated the way you called that game tonight. Fourth and two, ladies, first half, 48 plus 48. We're ready for we're ready for Pete to give us the head nod whenever. Um, but again, that's that's coach's decision. You know, I'm just I'm there when if he wants to do it. You smile like you want to go. Of course, all, all quarterbacks all quarterbacks want to go for it every single right. time. But you know, it just depends on the flow of the game. Anything else? Thank you. Thank you, All right, that was Drew Locke, man. He um he pointed out some things that he did well. Said he felt confident, legs felt good. Um, said he made some plays when plays needed to be made. Office just didn't do quite enough. Our quarterback review was brought to you by T-Mobile exclusive wireless partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, B. Wall, what you hear in there that interview? You know, well, happy for him to get on the field. Uh, you know, as he was happy as well, because uh, it's been a long time since he's been able to start an NFL game. So, so good for him, and to be able to come out that first drive and really, you know, show like, hey, I can do this. I can be a quarterback in this league. Don't forget about me here. But um, again, to me, it's all about just the finish. It's all about how you handle it down the line. And and when you look at the last few possessions, you know, you got two interceptions, and then you, you punt when it all comes down to it. And that's, I mean, it's not all on Drew Locke. Some of it is. I mean, one interception was for sure. As he said, he should have left um, DK some room, room to run under it. Just didn't put enough on it and, and got it left a little inside. But, um, you know, for the most part, if you had told me that, that Drew Locke was coming in and, and starting this game and you see a stat line for, you know, what, 300 plus yards and and uh, let me let me make sure I get this right. Twenty two of thirty one for two sixty nine. Sorry, two hundred plus and two touchdowns. You know, you figured the interceptions would be there, but I would say, you know what, good job for him. You know, coming in here and uh, and doing that. All right, let's go to the podium. Tyler Lockett is live. What up? What up? Are y'all on our flight? No. Oh yeah, I got to get on another flight. Like the, I was just asking. All right, football questions. We'll be in first class. I thought Drew played great, man. I think, 
you know, he put us in some great chances to be able to win. First drive, went down and scored real big time for us. Uh, you know, I think he did everything that the coaches wanted him to do and more, and just super proud of him for being able to come through, um, getting this opportunity and still playing at a high level. Uh, I just, I'm not going to say like, you know, far behind. I just think that we just got to, you know, we just got to go back to Seattle and just like continue to play football. You know, I think that there's a lot of glimpses of how great that we could be. And then I think there's a lot of times where as players, we can do better with um, not being stagnant. And I just think that I think we did a great job moving the ball, but we got to be able to continue to move the ball, especially on a team like this, because even if there are three and outs, even if there are, you get a first down and then you got a punt, field position really matters. And I think, you know, for us, there's a lot of things that we can always do better at. And I think that, you know, we're seeing ourselves doing better each and every time. But when you're playing a great team, you know, like we just played, you got to be able to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you. In front of you. Um, you got to take advantage of the ball control, stuff like that. So I think we did pretty good. It was just sometimes I feel like we could have, took it up a notch or, or allowed the game to get away. And then it was like, we just didn't capitalize. Some of that is we just got to do better on third downs. We got what exactly what we wanted, third and four, third and three, third and six. And so we just got to be able to get those third downs because then that extends the drive and, and extends the ball control and then allows us to be able to stay within our offense. <clears throat> huh? I mean, that's all you can do, man. Like, all you all you have is four games left, and regardless of whatever happens, you got to be able to finish strong. You got to be able to just um, continue to play at a high level, understand that there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. But, man, I've been here so long. Not that. <laughs> but I've been here long enough to understand that, like, once things start rolling, it starts rolling. Great things start happening. And sometimes in a football game, especially like this, there's going to be some great times. There's going to be not so great times, but you got to be able to keep on playing because you never know what can happen. Yeah, we, you know, yeah, we, you know, weren't able to get the fourth down when we went for it, but you've seen how fast our defense got us the ball back. Then we get another chance. So, I mean, I've been here long enough where miracles can happen. And we just got to be able to believe and we just got to keep playing and just, you know, allowing whatever happens to happen, but not let that dictate where we're trying to go. As long as you've been here, you guys haven't lost a four straight game. I don't think that's happened under Pete Carroll. Like, how different does it feel? I mean, I mean, everybody hates losing, you know, but at, at the same time, you got to be able to figure it out. You got to learn from it. You got to be able to not just move on, but be able to learn how to move forward. And I think, you know, for us, we're playing great teams. Like, don't get me wrong, we're playing great teams, but we're a great team ourselves. And so you got to be able to just figure out what is it going to take to be able to win a game? Because if you win a game, then you can be able to get the ball rolling. But sometimes, you know, you need things to happen in your favor. Sometimes you got to go out there and make it happen yourself. But I just think we got to stay in it. That's all we got to do right now is just stay together, stay in it, and just keep playing with our heads down. Appreciate y'all. All right, that was Tyler Lockett. Um, we got some information there. Apparently the people of the, the media isn't on the same flight <laughs> as the Seahawks, man. I think that was him just using a, like, like a little icebreaker, you know what yeah. I mean? Kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Tyler Lockett doing some veteran things. Um, 
he has some good things to say about Drew Locke. He said he felt like he put them in situations to win. And I would agree. There were some, he made some throws, right? That throw the, to DK well, was a good one. Uh, those couple of third downs that you talked about, uh, B. Walt, that he picked up with Tyler Lockett. Um, the execution of that touchdown to Colby Parkinson was impressive. Obviously, they took that play from the 49ers. The Niners ran that exact play against them last year on Thursday Night Football. But um, he's being a veteran and, and backing up a QB who was put into a tough situation. Yeah, and and you know he's six catches for uh, six targets, six catches. Tyler Lockett did his thing today, and 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 I would say one of the bright spots would be uh, Drew Lock and uh, and Tyler Lockett. They were on the same page, you know, every time they connected. Um, you know, my my thing that I would go to is I, I want to know why when uh, Travarius Ward was injured, why they didn't just keep going to DK over right. and over again. I guess that would be my question mark because DK started the game hot, you know, first two uh, the first drive with two catches and. Um, and then the touchdown. So, you know, a lot of question there, in, in my opinion. But Tyler Lockett did his thing. That's exactly what we talked about pregame, was that he's going to have a game with six, seven, eight catches, about 90 yards, and doing his veteran, just uh, old, reliable thing. Say 12's Kenny Chesney is bringing the Sun Goes Down 2024 tour with Zach Brown Band and special guests Megan Maroney and Uncle Cracker to Lumenfield on July 13th, 2024. Visit lumenfield.com and get your tickets now. When we return, we'll hear from DK Metcalf. He is with Jen Mueller. That is next. The Seahawks fall to the Niners 28-16. Here's a first down. Play fake. Look, throw far side. Reaching up, making the catch. DK makes the catch. Is he in the end zone? He is! Front corner of the end zone! Touchdown, Seahawks! DK Metcalf, are you kidding? What a throw by Drew Locke on the fake toss, and then he throws a rope right over the defensive back. DK reaches up with those big mitts, makes the catch. It's a 31-yard touchdown. The Seahawks are a point away from tying this baby up. The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plum and Stop Freaking Call Beacon. Let's go to the locker room. Jen and a bunch of reporters are with DK now. You believe he still had the ball when you tackled him the first time, right? I'm sorry. You thought he still had the ball when you tackled him the first time? Yeah. Before you allowed him? Yeah. And that was, that's why you threw him to the ground. And he retaliated. In your mind, he retaliated. He hit you first after you threw him to the ground. I'm sorry. What are you asking? I'm asking. In your mind, that wasn't an illegal hit because you thought he had the ball. In my mind, when I see a pick, I turn into a defensive player. Right. I mean, defensive players don't get mad when they tackle me and suplex me like that. So. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was making a tackle for my team. How much of this emotion is partly because you just saw these guys a couple of weeks ago, and it's always an intense rivalry, but there's some recent familiarity there. Uh, I mean, just because we played two weeks ago doesn't mean anything. We still got to you know, come out and execute, and we still got to play today. And two weeks doesn't matter. How, how far or close do you see the difference between you guys and the 49ers? Uh, what's the question? What's the difference? Do you, how big is the difference between you guys and the 49ers right now? Uh, it's just one. Is it, is it feel, I mean, you lost five in a row to them. Does it feel like you are a ways behind them or you guys are really close? I don't think we're a ways behind anybody. We're an NFL team and, you know, you got to come to play on Sunday, every Sunday. So a team's record really doesn't matter. Um, you know, you got to show up to play every, every day. Going back to that opening drive, what did you like about the way the offense moved the ball down the field and answered? Uh, we were able to move the ball very consistently, and uh, we, we stayed you know, on the plus side of uh, you know, first, second, and third down, and we were able to execute very good. How did Drew thread that pass to you at the goal line? Uh, I have no idea, but you know, he's an NFL quarterback, and he deserves some respect, I think, by now. So we'll get that back to you, Bump, after a quick conversation. DK Metcalf addressing some of the emotions, a little bit of the offensive performance today. 
Thanks, Jen. Um, I think, look, there's an interception. I think DK described it right. He's trying to make a play. The defender has the football. Now, that is an illegal tackle, but last week we saw Devin Witherspoon do the same thing. You get your flag and you move on. Sometimes you're just trying to get the guy to the ground, and I think that's what happened. The part that gets me is that Fred Warner pushes his head to the ground, runs off like nothing happens. Now he's hyping up the crowd, and he gets no penalty at all. Uh, so I understand people being upset with DK for making that play. If you think there was malice behind it, I don't. I think he was just trying to make a tackle. Uh, my issue is uh, Fred Warner getting away with that and then walking around like he's uh, he's some type of tough guy. Now, he can ball. He is a tough football player. Let's not get it twisted. But uh just seems a little bit biased to me, um, a little bit. I'm, I'm looking at the text signs and on Twitter, and, and people are tearing DK up, and I'm like, do you not understand? He was just trying to make a football play. It was an illegal tackle, though. We, we've all seen DK now, man. I, I, I mean, I've had times to gripe about him. That wasn't one of them. Right. I'm like, it, the tackle was fine. First of all, it was an illegal lateral, forward lateral, which I think they threw the flag and forgot about it. <laughs> and Fred Warner starts it. Fred will get fined uh, on that because he started the whole melee. Uh, the reaction from DK? I, yeah, sure. Hey, DK, don't... Don't be second. We know that. We've talked about it forever and ever, but it's an emotional game, and at that point, I'm I'm getting in his face too. Now, I wish he would learn, you know, don't touch the face because you're going to get a flag, but look, at that point, game's probably over. And then the other guy comes and pushes. I'm, I'm like, he should have been kicked out. Fred Warner should have been kicked out. DK's the only one who reacted to a play. He didn't start anything. I, look, of all the times on DK, you, you got to be kidding me. I think, Ray, you should just show what your game notes were during that time. <laughs> As, you know what? There's a, like, I, you know, both I have sons that play football, and, you know, we all have kids that, or some of us have kids that play. And the one thing I used to tell my kids is that as a coach, it's easy to, to, to try to dial a dude back than to try to get him cranked up. And I would much rather have a DK Metcalf that I'm trying to work with, trying to, you know, maybe you know correct some of that stuff or or find help him find other ways to, to to display that, than to have to have someone where I'm having to crank up like that all the time. Like my my youngest son Price, when he first started playing football, like I used to go to one coach on their team and be like, hey, I'm giving you permission to be in this dude's face, get him mad, get him angry, do what you got to do, because that's when he played his best. But then I told my son, like, hey, as a coach, you only have, like, three of those speeches for the year. Like, once once he's used all three <laughs> of those speeches, you have to find internally somewhere to kind of get that going. And so DK has that in him. And so I would rather have a player like that than where I have to dial back than a, than a dude I have to crank up, you know, that way. And so uh, maybe shouldn't grab the face mask, like Paul said. Maybe get in the guy's face and have some words. Maybe they don't get the penalty and get ejected from the game. But uh, but yeah, I think Fred Warner. I think it was could have been a helmet to helmet too, like from uh, you know the front of his helmet to the back of DK's right. helmet on that play too. So I would expect some some response from the NFL for on Fred Warner on that piece. Yeah, if I'm sitting on the ground and have someone come hit me from behind with this helmet and, and drive me into the ground, I'm not going to like that either. I'm going to ra- react the same exact way uh, DK did. And I, I don't know what goes on in these referee discussions and all that. I don't know if they didn't why Fred Warner got off so clean there. Um, I don't, can they review the film? Is that what did they go look at that? I don't think they can. I feel like that should be something implemented, yeah. especially when you're talking about uh, um, kicking people out of the game. You know, because because Fred Warner really was the the cause of everything there, and he was the only one that didn't get kicked out of the game that was in the the scuffle. So uh, it's just kind of a it's a weird rule that because um, in college you can right when they 
flag someone for targeting or something, you can they review the film and they kick them out. But in this case, they weren't. So I, I don't know. But I have no qualms about it with DK. I mean, you know, obviously his reputation, the refs are looking at him, uh, looking for things like that. And that's why he probably uh, got the short end of the straw on that. But no, he's just defending himself there. Yeah, I think the replay is it's after the fact that they can look to see who was involved. But a penalty like that, they don't review. Right, so not gonna review. Oh, he was a late hit or something. Um, you know. So anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, Fred Warner's a great player. DK's a great player. I mean, what everybody on X right now? Who, you got to be kidding me. That's the doesn't even matter that play. All right, let's go back down to the locker room. Jim Miller standing by with Leonard Williams. Leonard, you played in a lot of games. What do you tell your teammates after this one? I mean, that's a tough one. I don't know what to tell my teammates right now, but, you know, being like a new guy to the team, I know I've been here long enough now to not be considered a new guy, but um, just, you know, having like a little bit of outside perspective, I feel like this team has all the want to, all the talent, um, all the capability to, to finish these close games that we've been in. And uh, really, I think we just need to find a way to, to close them out and not, you know, make too many mistakes. There were some big plays that the defense came up with, but what is it about the versatility and just the different kind of weapons that the 49ers can keep throwing at you guys? I mean, I think that's something everybody knows about the Niners at this point is they have uh, some big playmakers on, on the offense side of the ball, um, you know, and overall, I think the defense played good. We got some takeaways. We had some three and outs. Um, I feel like we were stopping them for the most part, but like, I, like you just said, uh, you know, those big playmakers that they have on the offense side of the ball, we allowed them to make too many explosive plays. Yeah, and to that end, I know you're going to have to watch film, but is there any common thread that you can see about maybe how they were dialing up those explosives or when they were coming, where they were out on the field? Uh, like you said, I think we're going to have to watch film um, to figure out what it is, but really... I think their offense trusts those guys, and uh, they want to give them the ball in space. And and really, when they get the ball in space, they they are dynamic and and they can make things happen. And it's on us to like get them down. Uh, you know, scramble to the ball. We need all eleven running to the ball at all times on on these type of uh you know playmakers, and make sure that we get them down, tackle them. You guys get to Brock Purdy a couple of times before I ask you about the sack. How close were you to getting a sack on the previous play? Uh, I mean, I feel like we were getting good pressure up front uh, for the most part, everybody. Uh, we had a few sacks, a few hits, uh, and, uh, you know, it was good to get away with one. But, you know, I think in those situations, sometimes I want to try harder to get the ball out or do something instead of just getting a sack. Uh, you know, we need it. But how did you end up getting to Purdy on the play that you did? The play before the sack? No, the the your actual sack. Okay, the sack. Uh, I, I, I mean, we had a good uh, pressure up front, um, and Bobby blitzed the B gap right behind me, which ended up pulling the guard off of me, and um, and then he also made it. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy step right up, so it kind of was just a, a good dialed up defense. And maybe it was those extra days bump that helped him out, gave him some fresh legs going into this one. We'll get that back to you. <laughs> Leonard Williams had himself a good day at the office, man. Four tackles, two solo, one sack, a TFL, a pass defended, four quarterback hits. He was active. When we return, we'll hear from Colby Parks, and he's standing by with Jen. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus with the fellas. The Seahawks lose to the Niners 28-16, to but there was a guy who shined a little bit. Colby Parkinson represented for the Titans today. He had one touchdown. He is with Jim Miller now.
Kobe, let's go back to the beginning of the game and that opening drive. What'd you like about the way the offense moved the ball? Yeah, there's just a flow. You can tell when we're clicking. Um, we just flow really well, and uh, we have that in us, and we just need to get back to you know that that feeling. Well, and I think maybe some fans didn't know what to expect with Drew out there. You see him in practice every day. Did anything he did today surprise you about the way he ran the offense? Not at all. You know, I have nothing but confidence in Drew. Uh, he didn't miss a beat at all and proud of what he did out there. It was a really pretty play call on your touchdown pass. Why did that work so effectively? Yeah, everyone did their assignments right. We were able to draw him with the first screen fake to the left and the second to the right, and then linebackers cleared the middle and was able to go score. The emotion on the sideline, it felt like intense, like um, like focused through the three quarters. How would you describe kind of how things played out emotion-wise? Yeah, I mean, it's a rivalry game for us. You know, we've lost these guys too many times in a row, and uh, it was a, an important one for us, and it's a bummer that we lost, and got to come back next week ready to go. Is that why we saw some of those emotions spill over on the fourth quarter? Absolutely, and when you play a team, you know, twice a year in the playoffs or three times a year, it's going to be a little more personal. Last week, so good on third down conversions. Today, it was back to being a challenge. How much of that is just the defense and the pressure that they started to bring late? Yeah, they're a great defense. Obviously, they're going to get the pressures, but we got to be more efficient on first and second down so they're not able to rear back and just uh, come off to the quarterback like they did. Lastly, it's a tough one, but you play again next week. What was Pete's message to the team? Got to get ready to go. You know, it's a championship opportunity against the Eagles, and uh, we win this one. We're right where we want to be. All right, Bump will get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. That was Colby Parkinson. Had himself a nice touchdown today. When we return, we will give you our player of the game. That is next. Seahawks fall to the Niners 28-16. Welcome back to the Seahawks post game. Sean Michael Bones with the fellas, Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moyer. It is time now for the player of the game powered by the Kia Telluride X Pro. Kia, official partner of the Seattle Seahawks. All right, fellas, player of the game. Now, you know, you still got to give somebody some love, even after a loss. We were looking at the 49ers stats. My goodness. Paul said it uh, correctly. He said the four amigos showed up and did their thing. So who on the Seahawks side showed up and did their thing? I'm going to start with B. Walt. Yeah, uh, I think Julian Love. Uh, just one interception, one forced fumble. Uh, so it caused, was the cause of both turnovers. He, he led the team in tackles, pass defensed. Um, you know, I know there was a couple plays you'd want to have back out there, but at the same time, you got those turnovers, and that's what it's all about. It's all about the ball creating those things, and that's kind of the highlights of the defense. And that was such a great play when he uh, tracked down Brandon Ayuk and, and, and knocked it out of his arms, um, you know, to save almost a touchdown, but um, and but forced a turnover. So I'll go Julian Love. Yeah, I think I'm going to ride with um, <clears throat> Big Leonard Williams. I think he's still trying to figure out where he fits in, and they're still trying to figure out how to use him. I saw something earlier this week that his pro football focus grade made it sound like it wasn't a good move for the Seahawks, but the dude is still trying to understand the defense and how he fits in. But today uh, he had four total tackles. Um, He had uh, one sack, a tackle for loss, uh, a pass defense, and four quarterback hits. So that's a pretty full day for a defensive tackle that's taken on double teams all day. And unfortunately, you know, that side of the ball didn't, you know, contribute, you know, to a win, but, you know, in this situation, I have to pick someone, so I'm riding with Leonard. Yeah, you know, if Drew Locke doesn't throw the two interceptions, I'm still giving it to Leonard Williams. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I say it kind of kidding. I mean, Drew Locke acts if he hadn't thrown those two interceptions, would have had a pretty good day. I mean, 22 for 31, 269, 8.7 yards per attempt. I mean, you know, those are those are good numbers. Uh, in quarterback rate in 92, if they take away the interceptions, he would have been, you know, probably in the 120-plus range. But I tell you what, I first of all, I would again, you guys know how I feel about pro football joke football focuses. 
Um, Leonard Williams gets double teamed a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, you know, Jaron Reed used to be doubled a bunch. He doesn't get doubled as often, and it's freed up Jaron to get a few more sacks lately. Um, but Leonard Williams plays hard, and he's not that kind of guy anyways that's just going to – he's not going to have 12, 13, 14 sacks. I right. mean, but he's a big guy who's going to have sacks. He's going to get pressure. He's going to free guys up. He's great in the run. We got him for this just to take care of the interior of the run, which I kind of feel like we have. I mean, we got destroyed mm-hmm. on outside zone, toss. I mean, just some simple plays that they execute great on. I thought Leonard Williams, actually, I think he's been playing very well. And I thought today he was, he finally got some numbers where we said, oh, hey, we, we can give this to Leonard. Now. Right? Because <laughs> exactly. it actually yeah. showed up in quarterback hits and a sack and all that stuff. So we got Leonard Williams. We got Julian Love. And Big Ray, who'd you pick? Leonard, Leonard Williams. Williams. Leonard Williams. There you go. There's your player <laughs> of the game is Leonard Williams. Now, who you got? Who I got? Um, I'm going to go with. I go Leonard too. Okay. Yeah, I think he he affected the game, man. It's uh, and it's about time we had an interior lineman do that. Jay Reese started off the season hot when it comes to uh, executing on the inside, fills it out a little bit. Did make some plays today though, but no, I I like it. All right, Saints. Well, now it's your chance to weigh in. Follow the Seahawks on Twitter and Instagram to vote for Kia's Electric Player of the Game. All right, when we return, we will look forward to next week. Philadelphia Eagles Monday Night Football. They will be in town. We'll discuss that next right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks lose to the 49ers in Santa Clara, 28 to 16. Man, they dropped to six and seven at one point. This team was six and three and looking real good. They've now lost four in a row for the first time in Pete Carroll's career. But now we're going to focus on the Philadelphia Eagles, who are actually playing right now and are down 7-0 to the Dallas Cowboys, but they are driving. Um, when I look at this Philadelphia Eagle team, I see what the Niners did to them last week, and I say, okay, there, there's some hope because Yes, you look at the numbers. You got Debo Samuel with a buck 49, Ayuk with a buck 27, McCaffrey ran for a buck 45, and you go, man, that was rough. We look at the score and you say, all right, you, you lose by two scores. There were opportunities there. Maybe you can take some of this game and bring it to Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles. Ray, uh, what do you need to see on Monday for this team to get it done? Or just what do you see from the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, uh, usually the Philadelphia Eagles isn't a team that's going to hurt themselves very much. And so you're going to have to be – you can't have a load of penalties, again, that help – that assist them in their efforts. There are some things that you can do to slow to slow their offense down. Their defense is pretty physical up front, but you know they've given up some yards and some plays. And so it's one of those things where uh, – Pete uses this term a lot. The Seahawks, they have to get out of their own way. And uh, and if they do that, I think they I think they have a I think they have a chance. But this the Philadelphia Eagles are a very physical football team. They're used to playing close games like the Seahawks. They you know they they're fine you know playing it down to the last minute, the last drive type of thing. And so uh, it's not going to be an easy win. Uh, you're not going to be able to just kind of put them away early in the game. But the Seahawks are going to have to play. You know, to me, this is going to be more about the Seahawks and less about Philadelphia. Like, really, truly. Like, I say that a lot, and, like, you hear the, the guys in the interview saying we have to be better. What does that mean? You know, what, is, what, is, what are the elements that are part of being better? Well, part of that is executing, blocking, tackling, throwing, catching, you know, all those different kinds of things. Like, those are the things they have to be better at to get themselves a chance against a team that is, is pretty gristled and pretty um, uh, uh, skilled and schooled in playing these tough, 
physical, close football games. Look, they've come through a gauntlet too now. I mean, you go back to when on November 20th. Yeah, let me go back farther. They go back to November 5th. They had the Cowboys. Then they follow up with Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco. They've got Philly, or excuse me, um, Dallas, and they have us. I mean, that, that, that's a gauntlet. They're struggling a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. I think mean, Jalen Hurts thrown 10 interceptions. Um, they're not as explosive as they certainly were last year. Their offensive line is is very good. I mean that's that's the one thing we know. Their defensive line they're stout. Uh, they, you know they're, you know they got thirty four sacks, uh, but they're you know it's across the board. Not one guy dominating. But if they get beat up here by Dallas, um, and then now they're starting to free fall a little bit. That will be interesting, you know, mm-hmm. because now they got to win when they play us. We match up. Athletically with Philadelphia, that, yeah. that that's not it. If we want to kick their butt like San Francisco is, we're gonna have to out physical them. I just don't know. I just don't think that's who we are right now. Yeah. You know, so I think we're gonna have to beat them with some big plays. Yeah, I, I think it's about containing uh, Jalen Hurts, and by when I say that, I mean keeping him in the pocket and, and doing what the 49ers did. They made him throw 45 times, and he wasn't able to get out of that pocket and rush like he has the other games. You know, a lot of he wants to run 10 plus times a game. I mean, that's just his game. He wants to get out and and. Uh, and that's what he is, and run for those touchdowns. I don't know, that Philly tush-push thing, is that what they do? So we'll, we'll get to see that. But but 49ers made him throw 45 times, and they absolutely dominated him. So that's not what he wants to do. He's not comfortable doing that. So to me, that's what it's all about. And he just uh, got sacked and fumbled uh, on their drive uh, within the red zone. against the Cowboys look like he came up kind of holding his arm, holding his shoulder a little bit. Well, Mariota, we'll take it. <laughs> Bring it on. Give us something. Yes. Monday night. All right, man. Today's final score, 49ers 28, Seahawks 16. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people that make our broadcast possible. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinator is Brady Robing and Max Froble. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is NASA Choby. Next week, the Seahawks return home for a primetime matchup with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Pre-game coverage begins at 3 p.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Brian Walters, I am Michael Bumpus. The Seahawks fall to the 49ers 28-16. Talk to you guys next week. Welcome to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moyer. The Seahawks lose to the San Francisco 49ers. 28 to 16 had opportunities there to uh well they were in the game i wouldn't they weren't blown out or anything like that but they had opportunities to kind of get over the hump right the defense gives the offense a ball get some opportunities there you're not ready to go but you know what drew lock got the start today his first start as a seahawk and he had a decent day 22 of 31 for 269 yards Two touchdowns and two interceptions. He was sacked four times. Zach Charbonnet carried the ball nine times for 44 yards. Kenneth Walker had eight carries for 21 yards. Um, when it comes to receiving the football, Tyler Lockett had a consistent day. I think Brian Walsh has pointed that out in the pregame show. Like, this is what he does. Consistent, consistent. Uh, six receptions for 89 yards, no touchdowns. DK had two receptions for 52 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, uh, the Seahawks gave up a whole bunch of yards, but they still made some plays. There was a um, an interception there by Julian Love. He also forced a fumble. You had um, Quandre Diggs was second on the team with six uh, tackles and then Leonard Williams had himself a sack and also had four quarterback hits. Man, you you felt like there were moments in the game where this team positioned themselves 
to kind of establish themselves in this game and put some doubt or fear in the 49ers. And when it came down to it late in the game, they just weren't able to do that. And then the game ends, and you got that scuffle at the end of the game. You got DK and Fred Warner and Lenore getting all into it. Lenore and DK are kicked out. Fred Warner's walking around like he didn't do nothing when this man instigated the whole thing. Um, just not the way you want to lose. You never want to lose ball games, but that was like insult to injury at the end of that game. Yeah, I tell look, to me, I thought that was a really bad referee crew. And not that, that from a penalty standpoint, but there was one time that uh, 49ers were offsides. And it's, I mean, it took two or three minutes for them to figure it out. And you're taking an offense out of rhythm, all that stuff. And then that one at the end, no one should have been kicked out. Just, just look, it's the end of the game. There's emotions that happen. The only guy who should have been got a penalty should have been Fred Warner. He started it. And it was right there in front of the guy. And the way what he did was. It was bad, and I'm a big Fred Warner fan, so I'm not dogging his character, but that was a bad play uh, by his part. And you're right, Bump. We we had our 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 we had an opportunity. I don't want to necessarily say chances. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but what I mean by that is, you know, we we went up ten to seven on them, and we made them after their initial touchdown that two play drive. They went punt, punt, interception. Man, you got a chance to go up 17 to 7 on those guys. And what do we do? We go punt, punt, end of half. And, you know, to beat a, a Super Bowl contending team on the road, I mean, you, you got to make some plays, man. We just, we gave up obviously way too many plays. And just offensively, it just wasn't explosive enough to beat them. Yeah, I would, I think, Paul, to one of the things that we were talking about earlier. As you was like, hey, if we had won the, you know, the Rams couple games beforehand, then these two games you can just kind of set aside because they they're a better football team at this point. Like they're they just they execute better, they they use their weapons better, they take advantage of of uh, turnovers and things like that. The Seahawks are just not in a position to have all those opportunities and not capitalize on them and still be able to win a football game. And so this to me just kind of highlighted that. I don't know if there's a big huge separation in talent but there's just a the the way that the talent is used uh, for the 49ers and the way uh that they actually they play the way they execute what they're doing the way they the like you said there wasn't a whole lot of new things they did on offense they don't do a whole lot on offense but what they do they do it they they execute it at a higher level than than the people they're playing against have been able to Exactly. You can go through every single player on the 49ers, all, all their weapons. You know, they're four guys, and you can see how they were used today. And you go, McCaffrey, he was used on those top sweep, or toss sweeps right around, right off the tackles. And he was able to, you know, gash us. And you saw by the very first play of the game what that was for 72 yards. And then you go, Debo Samuel, and he was running crosses and fly sweeps. And, and he was gashing us there, you know, with the, the big touchdown and then the fly sweep touchdown. And then you got Brendan Ayuk. He, he's, a, he's a spray a post guy. You know, that's what you see over and over again from from Ayuk is just he a wide release and then widen the defender and then you have the inside cut and then they've had that timing him and Brock Purdy do and and they did that. And then you have George Kittle who's just kind of a blocker, blocker, blocker. He's making great blocks and then they do a play action, sneak him out and he's a big play guy and you saw that with his 44-yard touchdown. And so the these these Playmakers, just the way they use them and the way they set them up, like you said, Ray, is just it's incredible that they keep doing it and they are so powerful. And then I think one thing that we, we've overlooked a little bit is the loss of Witherspoon. I mean, that mm-hmm. kind of that hurt a little bit with the Seahawks. I would have loved to see Witherspoon stay in, the, not stay in that game. Obviously, he was hurt, but if we could have had Devin Witherspoon the whole game, uh, you know, maybe limit a couple of these big plays and, and bring us a little closer in this game. Yeah, when you look at our team versus theirs, at least offensively. 
Because I'll come back to that. What's our identity offensively? I, I, I still don't know. You know. Are we a play-action team? Are we a team that's under center? Are we in spread? Or I, I, I really don't know. I know the 49ers exactly what they are, and they are going to get their weapons in that system. They are a system team. Yeah. And then they make little tweaks, right? Yeah. They just, we window dress it here. We're going to put this motion. And instead of us running, uh, you know, a, a typical out rat, I'm going to double move you. Just perfect timing and creates these huge plays. And they, they got good players. Because yeah. I really do. I, you know, I, we watched the Philly-San Francisco game uh, last week. There, there's a there's a skill difference between San Francisco and Philly, and I don't know if there's that much between mm-hmm. the, the 49ers and us, but I think there's a toughness factor yeah. to it, and I don't know what to do with that. I mean, there's a, you know, tell the truth Monday is we've seen it. I know what that tell the truth Monday is now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do about it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like I can go find two or three new players. Yeah. Next year, there's going to be some changes for sure. But I, it's it's not the talent. I think we're going to match up really well against Philadelphia. We're going to have to run the tra- table, obviously, just to have a chance to get to the playoffs. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our Seattle stations a chance to identify themselves here on Hawk Talk. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. All right, let's head back to California. Jen Mueller standing by with Jamal Adams. Jamal, let's go back to the beginning of the game. You knew that the Niners could have explosive plays, but how unexpected was that McCaffrey run right out of the gate? Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, we knew going into it that, you know, we got to close the lanes, we got to set the edge, and um, because they do a tremendous job over there. Uh, they're well coached on how they, you know, gap scheme and how they uh, run the ball uh, zone-wise and uh, how he cuts back. Um, obviously, Christian is a hell of a player. Um, obviously, they got a hell of a uh, O line. Trent does his thing, you know, with Kittle blocking and IU. Uh, I mean, everybody's blocking over there, you know. Um, they do a great job of, of playing team offense, and, uh, you know, it's tough. Obviously, uh, we got to close those gaps um, because one, one bad turn. Um, you know, one bad mistake, it can lead to 70, just like it did. Yeah, you talk about McCaffrey and those cutbacks. Mm-hmm. The lanes didn't get filled, right? When you're trying to get those cutback lanes filled, is it his style of running that makes that more challenging? I mean, again, you you, you team him up with um, a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who, who's uh, a tremendous coach, uh, knows how to call the offense, and, uh, you know, he keeps defenses on their toes, uh, keeps uh, players on their toes as well uh, with all the boots, with all the flat, fast flow tosses and C-gap, uh, you know, gap exchange. All of, all of those things uh, play a part. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we, we didn't uh, close those gaps like we needed to uh, for four, four quarters. After that opening drive, though, from the Niners, the offense answered. What kind of spark did that give the entire team when you see him march the length of the field? Uh, it, it was amazing, obviously, uh, just to get the juice back because uh, we definitely needed it. Um, you know, giving up a long run, uh, first play of the game, is obviously not ideal for defense. Uh, we take more pride into it. Um, and so, you know, we just have to be better for sure. And I know those explosives are something that you guys didn't mm-hmm. want to see either. So are there common threads? Was it play calling? Is it just maybe some of the eye candy? Mm-hmm. Can you point to something that similarity? I, mean, I just think that uh, they do a good job um, as far as mixing it and keeping you on your toes, keeping you honest. Uh, 
making sure you know uh, you having your eyes right at all times, uh, especially you know as uh, guys in the back end, we have to have our eyes right to make plays. And um, if you if your eyes aren't right, um, you can miss something, um, and the ball can go over your head. So, a couple of questions about individual teammates Julian Love in the game that he had today, mm-hmm. the interception on forcing the fumble. Yeah, he played tremendous. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, playmaker in the back end to help us uh, make some plays and uh, flip the field for us. Leonard Williams, sometimes you don't see him because he's eaten up double teams, mm-hmm. but what has he brought to the front seven of this defense? Yeah, obviously, Leo, uh, you know, playing with him back at, uh, in New York, um, just a guy that loves football, um, a guy that is going to definitely get dirty in, up front and uh, make plays, uh, two gap, uh, get off the block and, uh, you know, get a lot of tackle for losses, uh, sacks as well. Uh, he's a special player. And lastly, if you look forward and you think about how much emotion we saw in the fourth quarter, what do you tell your teammates? What did Pete say? How do you guys move past this? You have no choice but to move past this uh, because uh, at the end of the day, we have Philly coming in town, and uh, we, we have to get that win. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of like, you know, our back's against the wall right now, so obviously we got to get a win to uh, get this funk off of us for sure. All right, Michael Bumpus, we'll get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. That is Jamal Adams saying, look, you got no choice. You still got games to play, so you got to show up and do your thing. And um, he, he tipped his cat off. Off to um, a good 49ers team, man. I mean, they got ballers. Personnel-wise, on paper, they are better than the Seahawks. You were hoping that you played the game of your life. Things bounced your way. You just weren't able to do that. Big Ray, um, you mentioned in the pregame that um, A. Blugas was going to be huge. You pay attention to him? How do you look today? Uh, you know, I didn't, wasn't watching him a whole lot. They were switching back and forth between uh, he and uh, Jason Peters. And so it's kind of hard to watch because the, the camera goes away from that. Up so fast, but looking forward to seeing what you know what he was able to do. But hopefully he's get to the point. I've had him on a pitch count, and they like Jason putting Jason Peters in there. But hopefully he's at a point now where he can uh, just play the entire game and really be that presence uh, for the Seahawks. And and then speaking, you know, just about you know commenting on what uh, Jamal just said. I was just sitting here trying to com- see who I could compare. Uh, how the how the 49ers use their offense and all the weapons they have. And I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, the UNLV team, when they had uh, Larry Johnson and St- mm-hmm. Stacey Augman, I mean, they had like seven or eight dudes deep. So it didn't matter like who you shut down, four of the dudes were going to you know get their groove on. That's kind of, that's kind to me, that's kind of like the 49ers offense. You can shut down Ayuk, but then you got to think about George Kittle. You can shut him down, but then you have to think about McCaffrey. You can shut him down, then you got to think <laughs> think about the, you know, the other guys on the mm-hmm. team. So it's just, um, and then even with all that, People still don't really look at this. They say the offensive line is good, but their offensive line is a weapon in and of itself because they play so well together. They 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 execute those run blocks and those uh, toss sweeps so well. They protect Purdy pretty good. So, uh, man, it's a, it's a tough team to beat, and then you can't then go expect to beat them when you're also beating yourself. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, all the we've talked about all these teams that have all these gauntlets they're going through right now, all these tough it. it it doesn't get any tougher than the Seahawks gauntlet. And I say that because when you have to play the 49ers twice in three weeks, I mean, they are the best team in the NFL. I don't think there's a question about it. I think you go through every single team and like the Eagles were their competitor. No, I mean, they destroyed the Eagles. You go to the the Ravens. Well, they've come back down to earth now. And so, so when you have the 49ers twice in three weeks, I mean, <laughs> that, that you're going to struggle a little bit as we've seen. You hope you didn't, but you know, they didn't shock the world like we thought they could. Now you go into an Eagles team that 
you know, we match up a lot better against. So we're glad we don't have to talk about the 49ers the rest of the season. That's that's all I will say about that, unless the playoffs happen and the 49ers somehow drop into that two seed. Um, but we can move on, and now we can talk about the Eagles, and we have a real chance about the against the Eagles. Yeah, you know, and Purdy's good. You know, he's great feet. Um, he didn't, again, I, I don't think he beat us. I mean, there are guys that got behind us. He made the throw. He, know, he knows where to go with the ball. But he, there's a couple times, you guys remember the one time, and we all thought he had him sacked, mm-hmm. man. And, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, yeah, I'm saying if you're a boogie boarder, if you're a surfer, and once you get into the wave, man, you, you're, you're tubing it, right? And then the wave is, you can't really see the guy. And then all of a sudden, you shoot out of the wave. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, that's what happened to him one time. I go, how did we not sack yeah. him? Yeah. You know, and it ended up not being a huge play. I mean, he ended up getting a couple of yards on it. But, you know, he probably got an extra six, seven yards. He's very quick. And look, they're a problem. There's just no no question. I'm glad they're behind us. And let's see if we can win our next four and see if we can close that gap. Well, let's hear what uh, Ken Walker has to say about that next when we come back on your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and Kyron News Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hog Talk. I'm Michael Bumbus with the fellas Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moore. The Seahawks fall to the 49ers 28-16. But we did see Ken Walker had a couple big plays. He's standing by with Jim Mueller now. First, it's been a couple weeks since we've seen you on the field. Physically, where are you at in terms of health-wise in that oblique? I feel great. Um, I just worked on it, you know, during the time I was off. I just, uh, the trainers helped me a lot with that. Um, I thank them for that, and yeah, I feel great. I feel 100%. I know that Gino was a game-time decision, goes right up to the wire, but how much work had you guys gotten with Drew this week in practice? You know, we always get work with Drew. Uh, He knows the plan. He knows the game plan every week. Um, he studies film just like we study film, so we was confident in him playing and uh, being our quarterback. Was there anything said before that opening drive? It was a nice answer to the Niners, but was there was there a sense of more determination or anything said before that drive? Uh, you know, we just got to go out there and execute. That's what we talk about a lot. So, um, yeah, we, you know, I feel like we can play with anybody, but, you know, just go execute. And that's how I feel like we said at the beginning of the game and the beginning of the drive. Yeah, and there's a lot of talent, and there were some big plays, and then it kind of stalled out there in the second half. Was that adjustments that the Niners made, or was that something else? I just think we didn't finish. That's it. I mean, I feel like it was nothing. We just didn't finish. We've heard that a couple of times this year. Is there something different about this game or, or what happened that led to that? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. We just, like I said, we just didn't finish. I don't know. We just didn't execute well at the end of the game, you know. Uh, I feel like we played hard, but, like, we just didn't make the plays we need to make. Did it surprise you to see that much emotion come out in the fourth quarter of this one? No, no, it didn't surprise me. Were you talking about with the team? (laughs) No, it didn't surprise me at all. Why? (laughs) Because, I mean, it's a game, you know, everybody's going to get emotional, you know, especially when you're losing. That's how it is. So what does the team do to turn the page and look ahead? Go watch film, figure out our mistakes, and get ready for next week. All right. Ken Walker returns to the field. We'll get that back to you, Bob. Thanks, Jen. Ken Walker, man, he had probably one of the top three more exciting plays um, today in his return after a two-week absence. He had that oblique deal going on. But um, he had a reception for 27 yards, reverse field, got up the sideline, made a couple guys miss, but then he did leave the game with an apparent injury. We're not sure exactly what that is. 
Um, when that backfield is healthy, you got Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet, and DJ Dallas. But I was hoping to see some Kenny McIntosh today. Uh, that did not happen. Overall, as a team, the Hawks rushed the ball 20 times for 70 yards, 3.5 yards per carry. I think when you look at this team, and um, I, I think I asked this question either to you guys or on the, on the Bump and Stacey show during the week, I go, all right, is it time that they just change their identity? Like they want to be a run, a running team. Actually, Ray, I think you said that it's all about the threat of being a run that they have to always be. Um, and, I, and I think they try that. Um, but I'm looking at the squad. I go, all right, maybe you do just spread them out and just throw this thing across the yard and see what happens. Who knows? At this point, at six and seven, I'm willing to try anything, Ray. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, you, it's, it's great if you have, you know, a 1,000-yard rusher and, and a guy that's going to average – you know, four yards a carry every single time, and he's going to get twenty carries every single time. Um, but the way the the way the season is going for the Seahawks, uh, they get pulled out of that game plan pretty early in the in the game, and so they have to be able to adjust to that. And I think one of the adjustments you still have to stick to the running game. Uh, and it's one of those things that you know, like if you can throw the ball five times in a row for zero yards, and people will say keep throwing the football. You can run the ball five times for five yards, and they'll say stop running the football. But sometimes it's the idea that you keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away and chipping away, and then something breaks out. So, but the the key thing is for uh, for the Seahawks to to stay on track on offense and 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 keep the the game in a place where they can keep using their running game as a weapon. And like I said, is the threat of the run, the efficiency of how you run it. You know, maybe you have just ten or twelve runs, but you're averaging. Four and a half yards to carry. That's enough, you know. what I'm saying to to make it happen. And so uh, I liked the way K9 ran today. It wasn't as other than his one reverse field run that was kind of warranted because of the way the play went. I liked the way he was trying to get vertical uh, more. It wasn't. Um, I, he's never indecisive. It's just his style is to be more patient and pick and you know try to you know find the hole and if it's not there, bounce it to the outside kind of a thing. But I liked the way he was getting more vertical today downhill. I don't like the only thing I didn't like. I didn't love how we tried to use our running backs today. There was a lot of delay stuff in the yeah. backfield. We yeah. didn't run any power plays. Um, they were playing cover two, you know, so they lose wards. So we're seeing a, a bunch of two deep, you know, shell look. I'm like, man, this is check with me. This is RPO stuff right now. I go, mm-hmm. you don't have enough guys in the bot. We're downhill on this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to make this thing physical. And we, we didn't do that. We had some nice. You know, I, I'm whatever we want to call them now, you know, outside zone type of plays that were effective for us. But, mm-hmm. you know, they were quick, you know, and we're moving people. So there are some things I just – I look and I go I, – I, you go and watch San Francisco. You know how much RPO they ran on us? And you're watching uh, Purdy the whole time. He's watching Bobby Wagner. Is Bobby coming mm-hmm. up towards the line of scrimmage? And as soon as he did, he popped it behind him. And Bobby, and Bobby, you could watch him. There's sometimes Bobby would be six, seven yards mm-hmm. deep, right? He's not up. Boom, he's handing the, the, the ball off. And I just wish we would do a little bit more of that to give these guys some successful yeah. opportunities. Yeah, and to your point there, I thought against the Cowboys last week, we did a lot of the, the quick hit 
running game, you know, mm-hmm. the power running or, or just 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 go. There's no delay. There's no no little shuffle, no draw play, whatever you want to you want to call it. And, and you just kind of hit the hole and you fell for two yards sometimes and you fell for a yard. You fell for two and then you broke it for 12. And that's what a running game is all about. It's about wearing that defense down. And, you know, you're you might average four or five yards a carry. You're not getting four or five yards every carry. You're getting right. one yard. You're getting a yard and a half. Then you're getting 10 yards, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's where the average comes in. So and, and that's where sticking to the run is important, because if you just keep running and, and, and you, you realize you're getting one, two yards and then you go away from it and don't come back, you're not going to get the, the 10 yarders, the 15 yarders right. that you're you're developing, that you're wearing that defense down because, uh, you know, that that's what it's all about, really. And it, it also seemed like today they were trying to do the deal where they kind of put the tight end in motion one way and he comes back and then they use him to kind of trap someone and a couple times they tried to pull the backside guard but the mesh points the timing of it just didn't look right like it seemed like the ball was either snapped too late or the handoff was slow or the puller was slow it just never seemed to kind of materialize I think what they were trying to do was take advantage of of how fast the the 49ers get up the field right so you get them up the field you trap someone kick them out you can get up underneath it but the the execution of on our side was so just kind of not clean that that the penetration from the 49ers defense was able to to stop the play and disrupt the running game all great analysis and you know what i'm gonna get more analysis from you guys when we return but uh we're gonna look at some highlights as well that is next on your home for the seahawks that was sports 710 and Cairo news radio 97.3 fm Welcome back to Hawk Talk. Let's get into some of these highlights, man. The 49ers get the football first. And on the very first play from scrimmage, Christian McCaffrey reminds folks he's that man. 72-yard game. McCaffrey starts as the single setback, and now Juszczyk comes into the backfield in an eye formation behind Purdy, who goes under center. Here's the toss right side to McCaffrey. Looks for a cutback. He finds it. He's out already. There he goes across midfield, down the far side, 30, 20, being chased by Spoon, cuts back twice, and is all the way down inside the five-yard line. Well, that's not the way you want to start the game. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, but the thing I like about the this play for the 49ers, which is unfortunate for the Seahawks, is that they tend to try to uh, outman you at the point of attack on that play, but they don't, not only outman the Seahawks, they, they blocked it perfectly. They had a hat on a hat, and he was able to make the cut, get down the field, and uh, luckily, uh, Wooden was able to slow him down enough to get the stop, but a uh, big play to start the game. Big play by Christian McCaffrey. You get you get the team down inside the five-yard line. He's not selfish. He goes, Jordan, go ahead and score this one. Three-yard touchdown, 7-0 Niners. Single setback, handoff. This is Mason from Georgia Tech, and he is in for the touchdown. Two plays and a touchdown by the Niners from three yards out. Jordan Mason, the second-year player out of Tech, came in just to spell McCaffrey after 72 yards on the opening play. He was tired. Had to go to the sidelines. The Niners are a point away from taking a seven-zip lead. Man, what a start by the 49ers. We're sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a long one. What are the Seahawks going to do? But they respond. They go eight plays, 75 yards, and Drew Locke finds DK Metcalf on this score, 7-7. Here's a first down, play fake, look, throw far side, reaching up, making the catch. DK makes the catch. Is he in the end zone? He is! Front corner in the end zone! Touchdown, Seahawks! DK Metcalf, are you kidding? What a throw by Drew Locke on the fake toss, and then he throws a rope right over the defensive back. 
DK reaches up with those big mitts, makes the catch. It's a 31-yard touchdown. The Seahawks are a point away from tying this baby up. If you're Drew Locke and you're DK Metcalf, you couldn't have started this game any better. Uh, Drew Locke was four for five on that drive for 68 yards and a touchdown there. DK, uh, what an adjustment to the ball. A little back shoulder ball. He was able to turn and get three feet inbounds uh, for a touchdown. Unfortunately, there's only two catches of the day were on that opening drive. Niners will get the full ball. They go three and out. Seahawks get the full ball. They go three and out. Niners get it again, three and out. And then the Seahawks go up 10 to seven with a field goal. Niners get the ball one more time. And guess who's in the right place at the right time? Julian Love with an interception. First and 10 at his own. Make that the Seahawks 48. Purdy empty backfield. Shotgun snap. Looks pump fakes. Now throws inside. Ball is intercepted. Ball tipped off of Ayuk. Love makes the interception. Comes back near side. Being grabbed and now thrown down by McCaffrey in front of the Niners bench area. Yeah, Love was manned up on Ayuk, and uh, Ayuk and Purdy were not on the same page. One thought was going to be an in route, the other one, you know, maybe an out route. Um, really good interception, though, by Julian Love laying out to really, I mean, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, we got a chance. All right, so the Hawks will get the football, and you're thinking, okay, get some points off of this turnover. They do not do that. They go five plays and put it on the foot. Then the Niners get the football. They go six plays, 83 yards. You knew this man was going to show up eventually. Debo Samuel with a 54-yard touchdown. Now wings out on the right side. Empty backfield. Here comes the blitz. Purdy has all kinds of time. Stands, throws deep. Debo Samuel out there. He makes the catch. Touchdown, San Francisco. And just like that, the Niners come back and take the lead. A 54-yard touchdown strike. Yeah, Debo is a very dynamic dude. He can you know, run the ball from the backfield as, as well as uh, go out for passes on this. one. is a deep uh, kind of crossing route from the right side to the left side. Got behind uh, the safety there for the touchdown. Good throw by Purdy. All right, that would make the score 14-10. to 10. Now, before the half, the Hawks and the Niners would trade some punts. Seahawks get the football coming out of the tunnel. You're saying, all right, you got to make some plays here. You're down four points to see what you do. They do absolutely nothing, three and out. They get the football to the Niners. They put it on the foot, and then eventually the Niners go seven plays, 75 yards, capped off by a one-yard run by Debo Samuel. First and goal at the one, McCaffrey in the backfield. But the handoff comes to the near side and walking in untouched is Debo Samuel. He starts winged on the right side, comes back in right behind the offensive line, takes the handoff, walks in from a yard out, and the Niners now extend their lead to 20-10. to 10. Just a common theme is Debo walking untouched into the end zone as he did that two weeks ago against the Seahawks as well. But this was just a fly sweep uh, to Debo, and he shows his versatility with the 54-yard touchdown earlier in the game and then a one-yard touchdown run. That made the score 21 to 10, 49ers, and the Hawks get the football. They waste no time. This is a drive of explosives. You got a 27-yard game by Ken Walker. Then Noah Fant contributes with a 25-yard game. And then the Seahawks give the Niners a taste of their own medicine. It's a copycat league. Uh, they find Colby Parkinson for a 25-yard touchdown. Drew Lock out of his shotgun. Play fake. Fakes a throw to the far side. Now he throws it down the middle. Ball is caught. Parkinson down to the 10, down to the 5. He is in. Touchdown, Seahawks from 25 out. What a beautiful play design. The Seahawks and Drew Locke fake the throw one side, then the other. That has been used against us this season. And then the throw in the middle of the field to a wide open tight end, Parkinson, who scores from 25. The Seahawks back in this one. It's 21-16. 
Yep, actually the 49ers used that on us a, a year ago on Thursday Night Football, and they faked a screen to our left. They came back, faked another screen to our right, came back and brought Cody Parkinson more down the middle. It's a really well-designed play that's no longer unusual. <laughs> Everybody's seen it. Only took three plays for the Seahawks to score, making the score 21-16. The Niners said, you know what? We can do that, too. They go three plays, 75 yards. Brock Purdy finds George Kittle for a 44-yard touchdown, making the score 28-16. Caffrey in the backfield with Purdy. Play fake this time. Purdy has time. He's going to throw the ball to McCaffrey downfield. A flag is thrown. Kittle makes the catch. He's in for the touchdown. You know, George Kittle just doing George Kittle things. He's quiet all day long, and then all of a sudden he gives you that explosive play, and that was just him sneaking out of his tight end position off a play fake, and he sneaks behind and gets behind uh, the defender and able to go 44 yards. He's tough to tackle when he gets in the open field. One of the best tight ends in the league at it. Yeah, Julian Love uh, just beat a little bit right there, and Brock Purdy doing his thing, man. So many weapons on that Niners offense, all right? But when we come back, we're going to talk about the Seahawks and who our unsung hero is of the game that is next on your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hog Talk. It is now time for our unsung hero. Who deserves some love? Yes, the Hogs lost 28 to 16, but there are guys out there still making plays. I'm going to go with the, the receiver to start. I'm going with B. Walt. And I'm going to go with. I'm, I know exactly where you're going. Where am I going to go? Tyler Lockett. No, I'm no not Julian go. We love sing again. his praise all the time. No, you know? He's unsung, though. Ain't nobody talk about him yet. No. All right, where I, you going? I'm going to go with Charbonnet. Uh, I think uh, he had a couple big explosive runs, two in a row, actually, for 23 yards. Uh, he averaged 4.9 yards a carry, and he just, I like him. I, I really do like the way he runs the ball, and it's always going forward and falling forward. And he, he I thought he had a great game today. That's- All right, Big Ray, who you got? Man, I'm struggling over here. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Julian Love, just because, you know, he had you know, two turnovers today, um, you know, and Everyone's, you know, people are just battling. But I wanted to go with Drew Locke, but the two interceptions kind of pulled me off off of that because the dude came into the game with a couple days of practice, you know, no, not a whole lot of reps with the guys that are out there. Played a pretty good game, but I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, um, with Julian Love. This is a first. It's the first time someone has been nominated for Player of the Game and Unsung Hero, and he's already been sung. Yeah. <laughs> He has. He's actually, you know, I mean, Julian. But, led he, the, but he was my unsung. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying yeah, so it's the first time. Don't come at me like that, bro. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put him up there on the thing. No. First yeah, time it happened. But he led the team in tackles, interceptions, and forced fumbles today. He probably should be more than unsung. Um, but I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you because I kind of missed that on the MVP side uh, mm-hmm. initially. So I'm going to go with what I consider a really unsung hero. And there's a guy who came in for Witherspoon because he got hurt, and he ended up having two passes defensed, and I thought Michael Jackson played pretty well. Um, didn't have his name out there a bunch, but did have a couple PDs and was on coverage. You know, not, not always the easiest thing to do, so I'm dragging this on. I'm going with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> we all wanted to do it, huh? <laughs> Everybody. I'm going to go with um, Kobe Parkinson. Two hey, catches. Good. Hey. 25 yards. They put him in the back for that fullback. Yeah. He was also blocking on the line. Whenever the tight ends get involved, these games are close. So it baffles me why they don't get involved a bit more, man, because he had no offense, two with two for 35. These guys gave them a chance um, towards the end of the game. So I'm going to go with Kobe Park. Four unsung hero, Actually, three unsung heroes and already been sung, but unsung. <laughs> 
You guys just don't listen to me. You know? I, I sit here and talk, and no one cares. No, they, they was, but he was song. He, you were singing his song. And it, it, it's about getting and praise. It was about, and it was know? about my unsung. So hero. can we have this then? Maybe moving forward, if somebody nominates for MVP, that person can't be unsung. You know what, Paul? It's America, man. You pretty much do what you want to do. Not really. You just got to deal with the consequences. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. All right. um, Those are our unsung heroes, man. We're getting a bit creative here. When we return, we'll give you a preview of the Philadelphia Eagles. They're actually playing right now, lining up for a field goal to try to make the score 17-6. to And the kick is up. And the Mm -mm. kick is Mm -mm. good. Sneaks up in that thing. We'll talk about them next on your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with the fellas, Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moyer. It is now time to look at the Philadelphia Eagles. We actually have a live look at the Philadelphia Eagles as they are taking on the Dallas Cowboys right now. So far, Jalen Hurts is 7-12, 92 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. He's carried the ball four times for 28 yards. On the other side, Dak Prescott, 11-19, 116, and one touchdown. I'm learning something about Philly, and I'm learning something about Dallas. Philly might not be as complete as we thought. Still a good football team. Don't get it twisted. And Dallas might be better than I give them credit for. Um, They're on a run right now. But when we look at these Philadelphia Eagles, Moyer, you pointed it out. You said athletically on paper, these guys match up uh, well against the Seahawks and vice versa. Yeah, I think we match up well. I mean, you know, like they, they got some players now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. We know that. But he's thrown 10 interceptions so far. Um I, you know, I think obviously AJ Brown's a tough matchup. I mean, that that will be a battle. You, you probably need to put someone over the top on him quite a bit defensively. You know, you got Fletcher Cox, you got Josh Sweat, he's got six and a half sacks. You got uh, Jalen Carter, who a lot of people thought we might draft in that fifth pick. He's he's good. Brandon Graham, Jordan Davis. I mean, they've got guys. Their they're corners, Bradbury and Slay, both good. But timing is everything when you play somebody. And right now, Philly is struggling a little bit to to move the ball. They got destroyed by the 49ers, destroyed physically in, in all aspects. And it looks like Cowboys are kind of having their way. They need to put them, they need to put Philadelphia away, away on this thing. Um, I like the matchup. It's it's a game that we have to win, right? I mean, it's this is playoff. The next four games, we win them all, or you or you go home. So I'm excited. Monday night, we usually play well. The crowd will be into it. The twelves. It's a good matchup for us. Yeah, I will say the one thing about uh, Philadelphia too. To me, that is is um, kind of allows them to be in games, and and people look at them as you know you've been a, a Super Bowl contender. Maybe is that man? There's just no panic in them. Like they, like they know who they are. It's not just a matter of like um, what their identity is, but the players know who they are, and the players buy into what the identity is. And Jalen Hurts is the leader of that. Like even in this game, he he ran the ball, uh, fumbled it, and then went to the sideline, and he has the same expression that he has if he had thrown him for a touchdown pass. And so it's going to be a tough game. They're a physical football team. They have a good offensive line. They have some some ballers on the defensive line, uh, and and they're not afraid to go down to the wire, you know, the last drive uh, to win a football game. So the Seahawks are going to have to, you know, still be in a place where uh, they're not beating themselves and they're giving themselves a chance to be in this game to win this game. Yeah, in, in 10 wins they've had, two of them have been by more than one score. So they've been in some some close battles, um, you know, beating Buffalo in overtime. And, and the gauntlet they've been on, you know, as tough as it's been, I mean, they've all been close games. So I expect it to be a really, really uh, tight battle, but 
to me, it's all about Jalen Hurts. It's all about containing him, making him throw the pass. And their two losses, he's thrown the ball 45 times. And all the other wins, he's thrown it a lot less in the 30s and 20s. So if you make him sit in the pocket and have to pick you apart, uh, I think you're going to do a good job. But if you let him get out, run the ball, and, and get in that flow, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. yeah. Other thing I was going to say, he seems to – that. A lot of people also think that Jalen Hurts is a little nicked up, you know, and he's still trying to play. He hasn't been running the ball much. Tonight he's run the ball a few more times, but even he's gotten off the off the ground really, really slow. And so uh, there there may be something to him being nicked up, so getting hits on him, you know, making him you know feel your presence as a defender is going to be important for the Seahawks. He's he's um look, he's at th- this point in his career, he's the greatest winner in history. And that goes from college, the amount of games he's won and lost. Mm-hmm. And then it comes right to the NFL. It's hard to do. Yeah. You know, and they, they just don't lose with them. And on top of that, you know, the one thing that's been really impressive with the quarterbacks that have come out the last couple of years, these are the most unbelievable human beings. I, mm-hmm. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he's one of the best leaders I've ever right. been or I've ever listened to. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, CJ Stroud coming out, same thing. I mean, these are just impressive young men. So um, love Jalen Hurts, not going to love him a week from Monday. Wow. No brotherly love in Seattle. No. no brotherly love. We will see that brotherly yeah, shove. That I guarantee that, though. Yeah. We'll see that shove. All right, today's final score, 49ers 28, Seahawks 16. You've been listening to Hot Talk on Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinators, Brady Robick and Max Strobel. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is NASA Chobie. Next week, the Seahawks return home for a primetime matchup with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Pre-game coverage begins at 2 p.m. on Seattle stations. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall 28-16 to the Niners. Talk to you next week.